0: Hello and welcome back. I may be completely jumping the gun in terms of the weather, but I have felt a little spring in my step this week. The days were already longer and the air seems full of potential. This is LJ and you're listening to Careers Talk. Our guest this week is newsreader for CBBC, Aure Aduba. Aure has had an enviable start to his career, going straight from graduation to anchoring BBC's news round. We talked to him about what helped get his career in television off to such a good start.
1: People from the television industry are going to come and talk to you about what they do and try and get you in. I thought this this is something not to pass up on. Pick the poster this week is Lou E.P.
0: Lou E.P. is a second-year politics student looking for some advice about moving into medicine.
2: It became apparent that I could do medicine without a non-science background, but I hadn't actually received a full sort of comprehensive explanation of what exactly I needed to do, how much it would cost, how long it would take.
0: Chris Birch from Guardian Jobs will be joining Kerry later to reveal this week's Jobs Top Ten. And Julian Linley's tip of the week this week centres around the importance of making contacts. But first... Let's say hello to Kerry. Hello. Have you had a nice week?
3: Yeah, I've been reading There's No Crying in Business, How Women Can Succeed in Male-Dominated Industries, and that's by Roxanne Rivera. So sort of, she started out in construction and she was a CEO of a construction firm, so it has tips about, you know, communicating well with male colleagues so that you come across professionally and coping with maybe emotional responses that they don't have and stuff like that. It's quite interesting. So no weeping in a corner. Well, you can weep in a corner as long as as nobody nobody sees you. You You know, she's not got anything against
0: actual weeping. Or wailing. (laughs) She didn't mention wailing. Did she? Oh, no. Okay, and Q&As. What's been going on? Well, this week we had a
3: live CV clinic. Um, We thought it was quite timely. Lots of people were asking about that, and it was quite popular content on the site, so... We got a lot of CV authors and some, you know, career coaches. We had Rowan Manahan, who's author of The Ultimate CV, and Corin Mills, and she wrote uh, How to Write a Brilliant CV, and our CV expert, Claire Whitmell, and a CV writing service all had them involved to give tips and advice and answer any questions. We had somebody who was 48 years old and is about to retire from a public sector role, and uh, you know thinking about their next challenge and they were worried because they couldn't find their A or O level certificates and wondered whether they'd need to prove Show them. yeah they couldn't even remember their grades so they were a bit concerned about that and wanted to know what the panel thought. What did the panel think? The panel said that employers are more interested in your recent achievements so focus on the five to eight years of what you've been doing and if it isn't relevant to that job application it's not going to boost you for that role don't include it so, good, good news for him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We had students looking forward to graduation asking how they can stand out when they come to that process. The CV center director, James Inns, he said that he sees lots of graduate CVs every year and the standard is actually pretty low. Oh, really? Yeah. It's was amazing. That was quite, isn't yeah. That? Yeah. He said he's he just like hundreds of events and stuff. He said they tend to be too long. And waffly, and um, you know, irrelevant information tends to be included. So, his advice was to be concise, use bullet points, don't waffle, and keep to two pages maximum. And you know, don't include that irrelevant info, but you know, boost your achievements. If you were part of the student union or if you worked with a club, say what you did for them. You know, did you increase membership? Did you get more people to come along to your club night? So, do include that sort of stuff. Well, we had a few people asking about changing career and picked out a really good bit of advice about what format to use if you're changing career. So you're not going to maybe highlight, want to highlight the roles or the responsibilities that you've done. You need to pick up those skills. So they recommended a functional CV format, which is where you head uh, it up with what sort of experience you've got. So you might put marketing and sales or, you know, team management and then list the roles underneath. So that's what picks people's All right. eye yeah so I think that good. was a really good yeah. a different format for a different approach to your job search and you'll put all of these good tips into a best of won't you yeah absolutely oh I've got one more really good tip go on then and that's again about if you're thinking about roles um mentioning roles Rowan Manahan the author of Ultimate CV said a lot of CVs read like uh you know a series of job descriptions but it shouldn't be about roles it should be about results so what have you done for your company and what can you do for the company you're going to be hoping to work for prove to them what you're capable of
0: now it's time for our tip of the week over to you julian
4: my tip of the week is make contacts now i still have about 10 or 15 key people that i keep in touch with i'll email or phone them once a week just to say hi how's it going what you up to and it's that kind of personal connection that is going to bear you fruit further on down the track because why would they if they've got something great to say tell somebody else that they have no connection with you need to be the first person that pops into their mind a great example of this is big brother two the year brian darling one helen and paul i don't know if you remember them they were like a couple that had uh, been having a sort of relationship in the house, but they'd never properly got together. And then as soon as they came out of the house, obviously the story that everybody wanted was we're together, we love each other, here we are kissing. But they disappeared, they went to ground. Now, I had a good idea who would be representing them, as did lots of other journalists, but because I had spent a long time working on the relationship with the agent that was representing them, It meant that I had much more leverage to persuade her that I would be a good person to trust, to speak to. And that relationship paid off because they decided to come to us and we had the front cover of Heat that week was Helen and Paul kissing for the first time. Without me having worked on that contact initially, chances are it would have gone somewhere else. So to sum it up, my tip of the week is make contacts now.
0: That was creative director at Bauer, Julian Linley, with his tip of the week. And if you want to hear more from Julian, go to the careers blog on our site, careers.guardian.co.uk. Joining me in the studio now is Aure Aduba. Unlike most of us, Aure had a pretty clear idea from his school days where he wanted his career to go. That's after facing up to the fact he was probably not going to make it as a professional footballer. His second choice, though, of a career in television seems to have been an excellent one. Welcome, Auré.
1: Hello. And thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. It's weird. Is it? This is weird. Why is it weird? I don't know. If you had said uh, three years ago that I would have been uh, interviewed about my career, yeah, i will probably have stared at you and then gone, you're, you're wrong. Yeah. No, that's not going to happen.
0: Well, I mean, we should clarify because you're only 24 now.
1: I'm 24, yeah, which gets... Uh, People see that in a bit of a dim light in the office. They're just like, I can't believe you're still only 24. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm still a young lad.
0: Are you the youngest in the office? And what office is it? Let's just uh, tell everyone exactly the, what you um,
1: do. I present a news round on CBBC. And I just keep thinking to myself... There's so many people at my age that, of course, would literally bite my face off to get the job. Yes. um, Not even just at your age. Not not even just at my age. Yeah, you're right. So um, I've sort of got a responsibility to make sure I do it right and do it well.
0: So um, (laughs) let's talk about how you came to be in this position then. In my intro to you, I talked about the fact that you knew that you wanted to go into TV from when you were at school talk to us about that was it somebody at school that
1: said you'd be great in tv or a that's what you need to do I don't think it was like you also said in the intro I wanted to be a professional footballer but it was a bit of a pipe dream because I thought well I like football it would be a great job to do but it's a bit of a different ball game pardon the pun I didn't see that one coming out (laughs) there I'd come out a few careers talks still coming away saying yes football is what I'll do and my friends are like mate What are you on about? You can't play football. You're a bit pants.
0: I mean, were you out in every day doing knee-ups and headers? No,
1: really (laughs) not. keep-ups, whatever it's called. I had no reason to think that I could succeed with a career in football. (laughs) Uh, So it took my friends to to bring me back down to earth and say, sort it, you know, let's start being real. Um, So I thought instead, what could be the most similar route to being a footballer and I thought I'll talk to them instead on the telly. That's how I sort of made that made that jump across. So it was um, like I said, it was a case of just researching. But I did stumble upon a pamphlet that was talking about the network or TVYP as it used to be called, and that came in very handy. Okay, let's talk about that because
0: that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to come in. Mm-hmm. What is it? Explain what it is and, and how you came across the information and tell us a bit more about the experience.
1: The network is uh, a scheme at the Edinburgh Television Festival that happens every year, whereby 150 delegates are allowed to experience unrivaled access to the television industry and meet professionals and do workshops and to network amongst people that do the job that people potentially want to do so who's
0: it aimed at what ages
1: um it's 18 and up but when i was doing my careers talks and stuff so i was 16 and just going to sixth form so i knew i had to wait a few years and actually i was um i was trying really really hard and i tried for four out of five years to actually get on it
0: good for you well
1: i just i just thought i looked at the the criteria of it and and what it could offer and i thought this
0: This is amazing
1: How is this happening? That for five days, for free, people from the television industry are going to come and talk to you about what they do and try and get you in. I thought this this is something not to pass up on.
0: So it was it was going into your final year, the the summer before your yeah, final year that you went final, on the network. Yeah. So that final year, you applied yourself to doing lots of practical stuff, actually at Loughborough,
1: didn't mm. you? It was sports science and social science that I did at Loughborough, which um, as far as I know doesn't exist anymore, which is really unfortunate because when I was doing my research to try and get into TV, it was along the lines of doing a media course isn't really maybe that necessary unless it's got some proper practical elements to it. And so what they said instead is, if it hasn't, do something you enjoy and pick up the experience along the way. And with the sports science and social science degree, it meant that I could do sport, which I enjoyed, and i could do social science which has some communication media studies elements to it as well
0: i think that's really a uh, good advice actually to study something that you're interested in and pursue your media in a more practical sense rather than study media
1: absolutely i mean that was an, another lucky break actually because that year i had a really a friend of mine was a station manager at our student TV station and he had had this vision that we were going to go live in 2007-8. And because I'd been there, part of the furniture for a couple of years, I was fortunate enough to be a part of that and to front these shows as well, which came very useful to creating a showreel. And I allowed to say, LJ, that I won the
0: yeah.
1: best male at the National Student TV Awards?
0: Absolutely. Big yourself up already.
1: That uh, was a very proud moment. Tell us about it. But I'd actually gone for it. Two years before came about eighth, uh, and the show reel was pretty dire. <laughs> um, so it was good to know that in just two I years, I love your persistence, Ollie. It's you, really good. You got hear. to though. You're so tenacious. You? I think that would be one of the top three. I don't know what the other two are right now, but that would be <laughs> one of the top three things that you have to be persistent without being annoying.
0: So let's skip forward then. So getting your job, can you tell us about the day that you got the phone call?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Well, two weeks before were the beginning of my last exams at Loughborough. I, you know, I was doing my best to try and study, but then I got the call on the on the Monday morning saying we'd like you to come down for the audition. And sorry, ma'am, if you're listening, but I did sack off revision <gasps> for that day at least to uh, go on YouTube and watch Newsround all day, any clips I could find. Because it was, I couldn't believe it. It came so out of the blue. I mean, the showreel had got around to some people and some people that I'd met at the network, I'd sent it to, of course, that's what you have to do. And they got into the hands of the editor at Newsround.
0: So it was totally out of the blue.
1: I didn't know that they were looking for presenters. Amazing. Stop shaking your head. It is (laughs) unbelievable. It is unbelievable like that, that it happened. I mean, really, really lucky break. And then I got this missed call and a message. I was like, no, please, please don't (laughs) say I've literally gone and thrown this opportunity out the window. And uh, it was from the editor saying, hi, Ray, Um, if you could please um, give me a call back as soon as possible, that'd be great. I was like, "Oh." (laughs) Oh oh, my life, oh, my life. I called her and she said, we'd like to take you on. And I jumped out of my skin yeah. without showing her on the phone, Obviously, of like, yes, Be cool. That would be fantastic. Um, thank you. Thank you very think much. I think I could manage that. I think I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So can you give us a flavour of actually what you do day to day?
1: Well, it does vary. I mean, with news, things are going to change every day. So if I'm presenting the programme at five o'clock on BBC One, coming in at about half past ten, talk to our producer about what's going to be in the program and yeah put my put my input into it and if we need to go and do a piece to camera or interview someone then we'll try to do that as quickly as possible because it all gets very intense close to five o'clock hopefully we've got all the components by about three ish at the latest and then it all comes together sort of thing
3: i was going to ask how people react when you tell them you work at news what sort of
1: reactions people have News Round is a great show, isn't it? People still, I mean, oh, you're the new John Craven, aren't you? (laughs) Well, yeah, if you want. John Craven, JC, legend. yeah, Absolute legend. I mean, it's such an institution of British television, like Blue Peter. I mean, I think this is our 37th year. It's like, hold on, I've been watching this show for how many years and all of a sudden you're doing it? What? How does that work? So it's it's a surprise and... um, and a massive high five, generally, Yeah, the reaction.
0: Just to, to finish up, really, what kind of advice would you give? Because we talked a little bit about being tenacious and persistent. It, it's good advice to mm. give. Well, what other tips would you give someone looking to do similar things to you?
1: Well, I think there are loads of ways to get into TV. But I, what really I think benefited me was having at least a clearish idea of what I wanted to do so sports broadcasting but I think you've definitely got to bring it back to short term girls as well in this year at school or my last year of school or my first year of uni what can I achieve to get up to the next level and then you just got to batter away at the door and as far as work experience I really think that yeah you've got to be persistent but not annoying because at the end of the day if you want to do this you've got to be able to work with this team and if you do some work experience but you're really really eager and stuff and keen that's good, don't always show it that much because that's the job that they do. And if you come in with this whole boundly new energy for a lot of people, that's quite distracting and annoying. I think you've just got to make sure that you are become as invaluable to them as possible and as much a part of their team that they don't want to get rid of you. And that, I think, is what's going to either get you references or get them to ask you to come back.
0: And for the network, you'd advise people to apply.
1: Absolutely, LJ. Absolutely. It's a godsend that you have to try and if you don't get it, try again the next year because you don't get a chance like the network and um, it's amazing to think that these people actually want to spend their time talking to you about television. Applications are open now, yes. So um, And how's best for people
0: to find out how to apply?
1: Um, Well, you can uh, search on the internet for the Media Guardian international television festival or the network on the internet and it's Google it, it. it's the one that looks like it's at the edinburgh international television festival yeah. That's uh, we'll one.
0: put the uh, details online anyway yes. so people please do it yeah spread the word i would have loved to have done it okay thank you very much for spending time it's really lovely to talk to you all right absolutely pleasure good luck with everything that you do from here on in
1: thank you very much
0: And on to the jobs top 10. Kerry's joined by Chris Birch from Guardian Jobs. Hello, Chris. Hello, LJ. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So tell us both of you which jobs have made the top 10. At
3: 10, the Music Market Agency is looking for an events coordinator to look after all of its booking, branded events and tours, lots of things involved in that varied role.
5: At number nine, the National Trust are looking for a visitor experience and marketing manager in Osterley Park House in Middlesex.
3: Number eight, publishing jobs agency inspired selection have got an exciting digital opportunity for a media editor specialising in education.
5: At number seven, there's an opportunity to be based in Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan with the Fauna and Flora International.
3: In at six, the National Archives is looking for a project manager to digitise the archive collection.
5: In at number five, How about going to teach in Rwanda at the British Council?
3: From Rwanda to Dubai, for number four, a conference producer is needed to arrange healthcare events.
5: At number three, a bit closer to home, the Southampton Children's Service and Learning needs a team manager for its safeguarding division.
3: Not quite hitting the top spot at number two, the Energy Technologies Institute is looking to pay up to 78k for a new Deputy Programme Director in Loughborough.
5: And right in at number one, examiners are wanted at the international baccalaureate it's a great way of getting international education experience without leaving the UK
0: thanks very much you too and you can find out more information on guardian jobs can't you Kerry yep go and visit guardianjobs.co.uk and to pick the poster intern Sam joins us in the studio now hi Sam hello LJ had a nice week
5: yeah not bad thank you this week I was speaking to Louis P a politics student at Warwick who wants to convert to medicine despite having no science qualifications at all
2: It became apparent that I could do medicine without a non-science background, but I hadn't actually received a full sort of comprehensive explanation of what exactly I needed to do, how much it would cost, how long it would take. Um, So I posted a question on the forum with all those questions, and, um, yeah, I got a really comprehensive reply. There's an NHS Careers website, which gives you details of all the institutions that do the accelerated course, and then sort of ideas of getting more experience, like doing volunteer work, a sort of taster days, and then kind of just read up on journals and stuff, so you have a sort of broader knowledge if you do actually get an interview to go from there.
5: Okay, so you got quite a variety of advice, and have you acted on any of it, or is any of it sort of, what what have you done since?
2: Well, over Christmas, I worked for a week in a hospital while well, sort of shadowing a surgeon, uh, which was really, really helpful, because... Um, It allowed me just to speak to surgeons of like all different seniorities and then also it was a chance to sort of get into theatre and actually sort of observed operations and it was, yeah, it was really brilliant.
5: What happens next then, Louis? What's what's your next step?
2: I want to get some more experience in a general hospital. So once I get that, hopefully over Easter, if I feel it's something I definitely want to do, I'm going to look at doing the GAMSAT exam, which is kind of the entrance exam for... A lot of the medical schools and I have to do that over the summer after my university exams and go from there.
0: That was Lou EP talking to Sam earlier today. Now, Kerry, tell us what's happening next week.
3: Well, next week is National Apprenticeship Week, the 1st to the 5th of Feb. So on the 2nd of Feb, we're going to be doing a guide to apprenticeships online. On Feb 3rd, we're talking about speech and language therapy and the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists are going to join us for that. That's also linked to our National Occupation Shortage List series. On February 4th, we're talking about careers in web design and that's quite timely because a Japanese company have just created 100 odd jobs in uh, Ireland and the iPad obviously has just been launched so there's lots of opportunities there for developing apps and games and everything. Exciting. Yeah, definitely. And then on February 5th, we're looking at careers in photography.
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. Really looking forward to that one. Yeah, I
3: think it's going to be an interesting one, learning how you can get into that sector.
0: Yeah, going to be a good week next week. That's it. All that's left is to say thanks to our studio guest, Aurea Duba, Julian Linley, Chris Birch from Guardian Jobs, intern Sam, poster Louis P, and of course, Carrie-Anne Eustace. Thank you. Remember, you can find out more on everything we've talked about on careers.guardian.co.uk. Careers Talk was produced by Kate Taylor. I'm LJ Filatrani. Thanks for listening.